0: Hello, Believers. I'm Dr. Shantae, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs and influencers find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. If you're thinking, ooh, she sounds a little congested, you are right. I do sound congested because I am congested. We have had some crazy weather in Chicago. Like, literally, one day it's 95 degrees, and then two days later it's 55 degrees And coming in and out of air conditioning, you know, after a while, it will take a toll on your whole sinus cavity. So forgive me for not sounding like my usual clear self, but we are going to try to muscle through this podcast episode, which is called The Bland Believer. Try saying that three times fast. And our guiding scripture is Matthew 5.13, which says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, How can it be salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. So, The Bland Believer, we are going to be talking about what salt does, how salt loses its flavor, and The Bland Believer. So, let's get right into it. Believe it or not, you know, nerd alert, there are 14,000 known uses for salt. And, of course, we are not going to get into all of them in this episode. But we know salt to be a... Flavor enhancer. So salt is designed to bring out flavor and texture in many foods. Believe it or not, it makes chocolate sweeter. So why you see that in many baking recipes where they tell you to add a pinch of salt. It is a preservative. So before we have modern refrigeration, salt was used as a preserver of certain meats. So you see things that are salt cured pork or things that were preserved in salt in order to keep them from going bad. And salt highlights the good properties in food. Jesus said that believers are the salt of the earth. So why does Jesus call us salt? Essentially, Jesus sees us as Christian preservatives. So because salt has the characteristic of slowing down decay, then Jesus has tasked each believer to slow down the decay of this world. And so we know that there is a cancer that is growing and manifesting in everywhere from government to our local schoolhouse. And it is our job to slow down the decay of this world, which we see growing ever more corrupt. It is our job to slow down the spiritual decay of our brothers and sisters by reminding them of the truth of God's word and his power. Salt is also a flavor enhancer. And so, as believers, it's our job to enhance the lives of others to invite their better qualities and to encourage the best in people. And so some of us have people in in our lives where we can either think right now or think back to a time where there were people who brought out the best in us, who encouraged our better qualities, who looked beyond our faults and our shortcomings and saw our potential and encouraged us to live up to that potential. But we also have people that have brought out the worst in us. And so Jesus has tasked us to bring out the best in people, to be the former, to be the light that draws out the finer qualities in people, to look beyond their faults and their shortcomings and encourage them to live up to their potential. And the impact of salt is this. It depends on its surroundings. So too much salt, as you know, can ruin a dish. I know I'm not the only person who has ever over salted a dish. But there are also instances where the presence of salt seems non-existent. Okay, you know, we always joke about like the potato salad, right? Why you can't eat everybody's potato salad. Because if you don't have that proper amount of seasonings, you know, that little extra sprinkle of paprika, you know, it's not going to be the same. And so Jesus said, if salt loses its saltiness, i.e. its impact, then it is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the foot. Which begs the question, how can believers lose their saltiness? So this is how salt loses its flavor. The number one way that salt loses its flavor is dilution, okay, when salt becomes diluted. So the thing is, the chemical properties of salt never change. Salt is salt is salt is salt. But it can become tasteless if it is in an environment where it becomes diluted. So for example, you can absolutely taste a teaspoon of salt in a teaspoon of water. In fact, it would be too salty. But if you take that same teaspoon of salt and put it in 10 gallons of water, it is much harder to detect. And so 1 John 2 15 through 17 says this, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes from not the Father, but the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. And so one of the ways that believers lose their salt is is by becoming too worldly. When Peter says that, you know, believers are a royal priesthood, a chosen race of peculiar people, When it becomes too difficult to discern our peculiarity from the rest of the world, we can begin to lose our salt. And so for those of us that are influencers and platform builders and and business owners, when our platform resembles conformity rather than transformational thinking and being, then our salt begins to lose its savor and its impact. Or when our brand is indistinguishable from popular culture, then our salt begins to lose its impact because... If if we look basically like the world or if we are conforming to every trend, every fad, if we are becoming impacted by the cancer that grows, the cancer of hatred or the cancer of worldly thinking and chasing money and and idolizing and glorifying things that are in opposition to what God's word says, then we begin to lose our flavor, which brings us to the bland believer. So I use this scripture all the time in this podcast, but it's really appropriate here. And it's Proverbs 14, 12. And it says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And so I did a um, just a, a cursory glance over the most popular Instagram profiles. And so, of course, you have things that are like fitness profiles. So, you know, the the United States, more so than any country I can think of, is obsessed with the human body, we glorify human bodies and and six pack abs and those types of things. We we are in love with the human body, and so the Instagram profiles that tend to have the most followers or the most likes, for example, um, are ones that usually have a good deal of nudity. And in a 2015 article in Harper's Bazaar, the title of the article was The Trick to Gaining More Instagram Followers. And they said that the trick to gaining more followers was nudity. But at what price? You know, yes, Christians are sexual and sensual beings. God absolutely designed us that way. But there's definitely a line that once believers cross it, once believers of influence cross it, it makes it harder for us to be effective as a faith-based influencer. And so you have to know what that line is, you know. And this is something that Erica Campbell has talked about quite a bit. You know, she's a curvy woman. And for a long time, you know, her body was an object of of shame and ridicule by people in the church. Because, I mean, you can't really hide your curves. Your curves are your curves. But she was always self-conscious about the things that she wore because... People have an idea about, you know, how a Christian is supposed to look and how a Christian is supposed to dress. And when you become highly visible, people begin to scrutinize, you know, things that that you wear and things that you put out in public. And so nudity is one of those things that can compromise a believer's platform. Another thing that can compromise a believer's platform is gossip, you know, spilling the hot tea, and you and I both know that there are celebrity gossip sites that exist to feed the voracious appetites of trolls, haters, and naysayers. It's one thing to, you know, report the news. And that's the distinction between like news and gossip, you know, because it's usually something that the subject doesn't want to be out for public consumption. And so there are people that make a living, okay, that spend hours a day trying to find out, to pry into the personal details of other people's lives so that they can scoop and put it on their sights and you know, and spill the hot tea. But the Bible has a word to say about that too. Uh, Proverbs twenty nineteen says, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with the simple babbler. In other words, if they will talk gossip with you, they will talk gossip about you. Okay, so I've learned to kind of distance myself from people who, tell me other people's business because I'm like, well, dang, if you're telling me her business, I know you're going to be telling mine. And so people that will, will gossip with you will also gossip about you. Also in Ephesians 4 29, it says, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And so basically if you are not, if your communication is not building somebody up, okay, if it's tearing somebody down or talking about what they need to be doing and, and who they was with and who they was sleeping with and where they was at last night and that sort of thing. If your platform feeds on that and then opens up the comments, you know, for people to, to pick their lives apart and say just vile and, and malicious things about other people, that's going to be one of those things that compromises your, your salt, that compromises your impact and your effectiveness. That's how you become a bland believer and then there's also the crude joker, right? And so don't get me wrong. There's a lot of clean comedy out there. You know, like I love Kev on stage or um, Chrissy Porter, you know, who has that that character, Miss Shirlene. But there's also a lot of crude humor out there that crosses a line. And while it might get laughs and, you know, it's the it's joke, it compromises your witness. And a good example of that is a lot of people, a lot of people give... People like Steve Harvey, the side eye, because while they accept him as a comedian, they don't necessarily buy into his spiritual platform or his platitudes that he says on his radio show or his relationship advice because of his previous comedy platform or because of the way that he lived his life before he achieved a certain level of stardom. And it doesn't mean that people can't change, and it doesn't mean that people's Uh, beliefs don't evolve and that their behaviors don't evolve. They absolutely can evolve, but it makes it harder for people to accept you once they begin to know you a certain way. Once they know you as being one as a, a crude joke teller or using that type of humor to, to build your, your following. And Ephesians five, four says, let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. In other words, instead of telling, you know, crude jokes, have a a voice of praise, okay? A one of thanksgiving, one that honors God rather than tears people down or approaches subjects in a crude manner. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not trying to, to judge or belittle anybody's lifestyle, but if you're talking about having a platform that is a faith-based platform. One that is going to have impact, one that is going to change the world, one that is going to pull people out of some of the dark places like depression and self-comparison and self-doubt and things like that. Your platform cannot look like everybody else's. It can't be this cookie cutter, um, just add nudity, just add crude humor, just add gossip type of platform. It can't be that if you're going to have... A platform that has impact if you're not going to be a bland believer, but one who has salt and Paul puts this in a, um, a really great way in Galatians. He says, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. And so that's really where the rubber meets the road in this episode is that you cannot please man and please God. You can serve man and serve God and service doesn't necessarily mean pleasing somebody because when you give people what they need it isn't necessarily what they want okay because there will be times when people don't want to hear the truth even if it's in their best interest and so you can serve the needs of man and not be a man pleaser you can serve the needs of man and not be a people pleaser you can serve the needs of man in as a servant leader, okay, as you follow God, but if you are trying to please man, meaning if you are trying to be liked, if you are trying to get a bunch of followers and you are seeing these trends that, you know, get people to to give you higher visibility, then you're not going to be able to have a platform that pleases and honors God. And so you have to make a distinction about what path you're going to follow. And don't get me wrong, it... But this narrow path, it is definitely the harder path to follow. You know, the Bible even says that that broad is the way and wide is the gate that leads to destruction. And many people go that way. A lot of people are going that way. He says, but, but narrow is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to righteousness. And there are few that find it because in the earthly realm it's hard not to want the things that the that the world tells you you should have you know so if you are trying to be an influencer you want to have a lot of followers if you are an influencer you want people to read your content you want people to pay attention to you you want that external validation that what you're doing is is good is is approved is like but one of the things that I have learned you know is that just because people like your picture doesn't mean that they respect you. So just because people like you doesn't mean that they respect you. Some people might like it because it's enticing to them, or some people might like it, you know, because it appeals to to their lower nature, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they respect you. And so you have to make a distinction between whether or not you want a platform of likers or people that actually respect you, that listen to what you have to say, that people that actually buy into what your platform stands for. And if you start to dilute it with some of these trends, then it can become harder and harder to have that sort of impact. So that is our episode. I know it is short and sweet, but as I said, I am so congested. And so on our next episode where I hope to be 100 percent better, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program. So if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram, and I will see you next time.